Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Sasha. And I'm Caleb. This week, we bring you the definite, ultimate, total MLS power rankings that will be true for the entire season. You're welcome. Oh, man. It's so much soccer now. It's almost hard to prepare for this show, you know? We actually have to, like, talk about stuff that's happening in our own backyard. And uh, it's rough. It's real rough. Yeah, and you have a backyard. Right. I don't even have a backyard. Yeah. So now we're going to cover my neighbors, two kids playing against each other. uh, And that's going to be our podcast. I mean, that's what happened in my backyard. I know what the ref was watching, but that one kid should have been sent off immediately. Yeah. It's really funny, actually, because Scott actually listens to this podcast sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I, I don't know uh, if his, uh, his... Hi, Scott. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> One of his kids is definitely not old enough to kick a ball yet. So <laughs> I don't think she's even old enough to stand yet. So <laughs> <laughs> very promising, though. Yeah. Promising prospect. <laughs> Sign her to a DP contract and leave her on the bench. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the press box come on come on i mean james musa and jacory hayes were in the same boat okay according to andy greener so uh anyway i i actually i'm not that passionate about that whole thing i'd like to see chacon play but come on guys it's it's one game we, we won yeah. it's okay like yeah, let's yeah. calm down a yeah. bit. Okay. just a little bit okay. chill, chill 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 uh actually why don't we why don't we start with that which is do you prefer to drink red wine chilled like it's supposed to be i think it's like supposed to be at about 60 degrees that's like the optimal wine drinking temperature do you drink it at room temperature room temperature the way it's supposed to be the way they did it back out in california when it went to was it napa or los Livos, and they i mean they might have said something else i was real hammered (laughs) (laughs) there is photographed a lot of evidence of that too okay (laughs) maybe it's better we don't give you wine the proper way (laughs) <laughs> I mean, how classy is this wine? I'm talking like Mad Dog 2020? <laughs> <laughs> is it in a bag? Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, slap actually, the bag I, beforehand. I, I, it, it. it doesn't matter to me, I, th- I think, because I just don't prefer red wine. It always gives me heartburn. It's not a taste thing. It's just the, the tannins or something in it always. So it doesn't matter. No, I, I hear you, man. I get I get severe heartburn when I drink red wine. And then when I drink white wine, I get pickled teeth. It really sucks. Um but I, I actually don't care about wine temperature stuff. So trick question. I'll drink it at whatever temperature. You oh, man. Is your thing this year going to be trick questions? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Wait, what do you think it's been this whole time? Uh, anyway, well, we got that out of the way. Hey, no, wait. Let me give you a second one because that was too easy. Too easy. Oh, now it's going to be trick questions and follow-up questions. Actually, this one's also really easy. Beer. When people tell you, oh, you're supposed to drink it at like slightly cool. Americans drink beer too cold. Your response. I get that. Stop being a snob about it. Let me drink my beer how I want to drink my beer, which is how they're saying, but also don't be that one guy. I think you can actually get, like, I'm going to be the snob right now. You get some certain flavors that are, are lost if you have it at the no, wrong yeah, temperature. I, I agree with that, but don't be like, don't go up to a bar and be like, can I get this beer um, at room temperature? There's a, no, just like, get the beer. Drink it, it's fine. It Have needs- your beer how you want it at at your house. Yeah, when I, when I'm when I was in England and they gave me the beer all uh, you know nice and warm, I drank it warm. I wasn't like, do you have any ice? <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, okay, all right, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, one of the places they drink beer without chilling it a whole hell of a lot, at least outside of Köln, is Germany. And we're to open the pod in a slightly non-traditional way this week by talking about a controversy that's going on in Germany. Real quick, you may have seen the last 13 minutes of uh, the game that Bayern played this uh, this past weekend and against TSU Hoffenheim. Game ended 6-0. But the last 13 minutes of it was just the players kind of kicking the ball about themselves and then all linking arms and being all friendly and stuff. And you might have thought, wow, this is... a Touching tribute to a dear supporter who passed away, who supported both teams, and they thought that the best way to honor this wonderful person's life was 13 minutes of kicking the ball about. That wasn't exactly it, though. And um, it was done in reaction to something that the Bayern Ultras had done. 
And there are a couple of layers to this. And I actually listened to Raphael Honigstein's Steelcast on The Athletic, which talked about this um, in some detail. So I recommend listening to that if you have the time or the interest after you listen to this um, summary of that. Basically, the Germany in 1998 instituted what's called the 50 plus 1 rule to protect the clubs in Germany from predatory investors. So they, they mandated that the owners, or, or not the owners, the members of a club, you know when people say like club in, in soccer, um, some of them are actually clubs which have members. The, the German Football Federation mandated that teams should be owned majority, meaning 50% of the shares plus one share by club members and not by investors. And there are a few exceptions to that. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen is owned wholly, I believe, by Bayer, the company, because it was founded as a club for the workers. Um, Red Bull Leipzig got around that rule. <coughs> we'll get Rosen to, Ball Sport. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them in a second because they're particularly interesting. They're not actually an exception to that. Um, the the team that's owned by Volkswagen, is that... Uh, Wolfsburg? Wolfsburg, right? Yeah, yeah. They're another exception. Now, there are some other teams that have got some creative workarounds. Rasenball, Sport, Leipzig, for example, which Thank you. is owned by quote-unquote members, but the criteria to be a member is that you have to be basically a Red Bull employee or a friend of a Red Bull employee. And and there are very few. I forget the exact number. It's very small, particularly compared, compared to, to other the big, bigger teams. Clubs. It's like, I think, teens and thousands. That, and yeah. there's more, like, Thousands. Thousands in clubs. Right. So so this is controversial because with the rising commercialization of soccer around the world, um, which is summer, uh, w- for which you can read another great summary in an article by Miguel Delaney called How Football is Broken. Um, so against this backdrop of this commercialism, the 50 plus one rule has been kind of seen as one of the reasons that German football attendances are so high why their supporter culture is regarded as one of the best in Europe, despite being a top league. And so German fans, uh, I should say the supporters, what we would call the supporters, the ultras, are very passionate about this rule, the 50 plus one rule, and they don't like clubs that work around it. Uh, You've seen RB Leipzig get a very bad reputation um, because they're basically gaming the system. You've seen TFOs against them being unveiled. And... um, Another club that's been not taking advantage of the rule, just flouting it completely, is TSG Hoffenheim, which is owned by Dietmar Hopp. Dietmar Hopp was, is the guy who founded um, SAP, massive multi-billion dollar company. He left that company in 2000 to focus on his foundation. One of the things he did is he went to his boyhood club, bought them, fully funded their own larger stadium when their smaller stadium became too small for them. So uh, in, in many ways, it's a kind of a Cinderella story. Like it's kind of your ideal situation. Guy who truly cares about the club, makes a lot of money, comes in and gives the local fans something to cheer about, right? Like, but the problem is he's the single owner of TSG Hoffenheim and the German Football Federation has been okay with that. Side note, there are some questions as to whether the 50 plus one rule is, would actually hold up in court too. So there's some hesitation to challenge it. Anyway, because of the single owner thing, and particularly after Leipzig has come up as another major exception, German ultras really oppose it. And they, un- I-, I believe it was the Dortmund ultras who unveiled some pretty tasteless banners against Hop. Mm-hmm. Now, I- I'll be honest, I support this whole, you know, in my heart, I don't have much of a say in this, I don't live in Germany, right? I support this whole 50 plus one thing, but unveiling banners with crosshairs uh, might be crossing the line. Um, yeah. So, uh, Bayern Ultras have put the banner out this past Saturday. Uh, Dortmund's Ultras have done it in the past, and they're banned from the Hoffenheim Stadium for two years. And oh, Right. So, yeah, so, it's not just Bayern, but it's been multiple supporters groups from different clubs well, protesting the, him. The, the crosshair on his face one I think, came from... Dortmund initially and then yeah. what happened was that the Dutch football f- oh, no, Dutch, the German Football Federation banned all Dortmund fans all of them, yeah. from traveling to Hoffenheim again. All of them. This collective punishment was something that the German Football Federation had promised not to use uh, after past incidents. 
Now, this ticked off ultras in other parts of the country because, number one, remember, they're not particularly well disposed towards um, Dietmar Hopp, the owner of Hoffenheim, and they thought this collective punishment was wrong. So, nominally, their following protest, which Caleb was talking about, which is bringing out these banners of their own, some of which have featured the crosshair image, others which have not. Um, A lot have uh, had the German word Hürensen, which means son of a whore or son of a bitch, but my understanding is that it's much worse in its German usage than it is in its English usage. Um, they, other ultras have unveiled banners that look like that. And particularly in this Hoffenheim versus Bayern game, when they did it, the referees started using the three-step protocol that UEFA has prescribed for incidents of racism. You know, stop the match, at which point I believe the Bayern manager and the Bayern captain went and tried to speak to the ultras. Uh, the ultras continued having the banner out, so then the players were pulled off the pitch. And then when they came back, they did this whole 13 minutes of mockery soccer. Um, so you can see how this is a couple of layers. It's not just the 50 plus 1 thing and the um, or just the collective punishment thing. Uh, there's another complication, which is that Union Berlin fans brought up a banner that didn't have any abusive language about hop, but just were banners but the referee reacted the same way <laughs> to those as well, well. no it's that ref can't read and he was just taking precautions <coughs> and that's very rude to point that out right <laughs> he's illiterate so anyway it's it's become a big fiasco and it, it reminds me a lot of the um iron front stuff from mls last year about what fans can't and can and can't do particularly because the Bundesliga loves to put forward how its ba- fans are so passionate. And that's those are the same ultras who are protesting, right? Um, and so now you have the league fighting the people it tries to advertise itself on. And it makes you wonder where this is going to go. Words between the two groups have been very heated recently. So it's unclear how this all ends. And I... Personally, the, the one thing I will say, like, I, I, I have very um, strong feelings about the fact that commercialization of soccer has got a little too out of hand recently. And I don't know where that leads. And it scares me to, to think, like, is this just going to become kind of like, you know, the Super League or whatever is going to come about. And it's just going to become about whatever fans from around the world think rather than what a soccer team's local fans think. But... Uh, it makes me wonder also about this whole protesting for the players. The players didn't do this after Hertha Berlin's Jordan Torunariga was racially abused. You've not seen players anywhere around the rest of the world do this in response to racist incidents. It's only after an owner got... Um, and let's be honest, it was pretty crass abuse. But it's only after an owner got abused... This has happened. Some people have said that, oh, yeah, it's because the banner is right there. But when its supporter shouts out something racist, it's hard to tell. Blah, blah, excuses. I'm sorry. Like, believe your teammates when they say that they've been racially abused. If, it, if, if you as the players are going to choose to take some strong action like this, um, do it for racism as well. Because what, what message does that send otherwise? We're going to stop the play if you abuse the owner, but we're not going to stop it if you abuse the you know players that are on the pitch that's kind of disgusting to me yeah it's it's definitely creating this like inequality that like people with money especially millions or billions should somehow be treated better uh and be better protected than any other any other individual right and and i I will say some of these players are being racially abused you know some of the defenses against them well he's making a lot of money being down there you can take it it's it's like you know it's you don't sign on for that when you sign on to be a player. Right. That's not part of any contract. Oh, so no. and 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 basic human dignity, you know. So like, I I just it's disappointing to me as a person of color to see like this outrage coming through in this area, but not the other. And what do I know? Maybe this is the start of stronger action against racism as well. Maybe Bundesliga will lead the way. I don't know, but um, uh. Yeah, so I thought I would explain this because it's been popping up on Twitter and I haven't seen a lot of like really good summaries of the whole issue 
um, being posted because it has so many layers. So I thought hopefully maybe our fans enjoyed that and, and will uh, will add their own views to the discussion. Um, but anyway, should we move on? Should we move on? Do you guys have anything else to add on this topic? Nope. All right. Cool. Let's move on. Talking about some soccer, huh? Let's let's talk about uh, soccer in a segment that we call Bad Guys. He has a segment where we discuss American soccer's bad guys, the two top divisions, MLS and NWSL. And the NWSL this week hired its top mafiosa. They've got a commissioner, y'all. Finally. Finally. <laughs> Not sure Tana or mafiosa is the... Bad Best. guys, bad guys. Oh, okay, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. I was going with the theme. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I... Go, go ahead. Keep going. Okay. You're, you're doing great. The, the goodest person in American soccer <laughs> is now Lisa Parrott. Yep. The, the new commissioner Much of better. this. Yes, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm actually genuinely excited about her appointment because she comes in from New York Public Radio where she served as the chief marketing officer um, oversaw sponsorship membership and marketing uh, and before that spent a decade as a CMO for the US Olympic and Paralympic Committee and she played a leading role apparently securing broadcast sponsorship and licensing deals. and this is exactly what the NWSL needs right? yeah somebody who like who has experience both in marketing and knows the league and it, she seems really smart so I'm, 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 ex- I'm excited for her and I mean Garber was a marketing guy before he um, came into MLS and he was the one who stabilized that league mm-hmm. um, to get through its darkest hour. So uh, I, I'm seeing a few skeptical looks at me when I when I mentioned that, but... Uh, <laughs> I just wasn't around. So. I don't remember that. <laughs> Sasha, you got something to say? <sighs> I mean, uh, I, can criticize Gar- I can criticize Garber plenty, uh, but are also you, you we... Looking, are you looking forward to the Helena FC, the Montana team that they're going to expand to next year? In MLS, <laughs> they're going to Juno next, right? <laughs> I really can't wait for the American Samoa Wednesday. That's going to join the, the league too. I'm just saying the Don Garber made, made need to stop marketing the teams that we don't have and keep marketing the teams that we do have. I'm, that, but let's not bring Don Garber into this situation. Man, you guys with, didn't even mention some. Um, <laughs> Somewhat. Um, no, I'm saying. <laughs> Anyway, I I feel I I I was personally very excited to see this apartment. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's move on to talk about the fact that also big trade just today. Sarbron leaves Utah Royals and joins the Portland Thorns in exchange for Elizabeth Ball and a hundred thousand dollars in allocation money. So she will see her former team on April eighteenth when they play them in the home opener. Elizabeth Ball is like a player, right? It's not like a, a special ball that they like gave a name to. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it is the ball that got blessed by Elizabeth Warren and now has come to life and just manifests on the Can pitch. Can we get the Elizabeth Ball? <laughs> I want, I want like a replica Elizabeth Ball at that point, if that's what it is. Um, yeah, I did move for Portland. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about ye old major league soccer that actually opened its. Um, it's season this past weekend. It's kind of crazy to think. It's yeah, it, it's back already. Yeah. I I actually missed it. I was having dinner with some other soccer fans last week, and I found myself actually being like, man, I'm very excited for the start of the season. It hadn't hit me until ru- like four days before. It felt, during the offseason, it felt extremely long. Like I was like, I was craving the season to start. But as soon as it started now, I'm just like, oh, God, there's so much to pay attention to. Oh, shit. Someone who paid attention I, to a lot of stuff was you, Kelly. Yeah, I watched so much MLS this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, did you have a favorite game? Uh, uh, no homering. Um, that's hard to pick just one, honestly. Uh, one that I watched from start to finish that was pretty good, I thought, was Nashville-Atlanta. Why don't we start with that one, huh? Yeah. Because get, get the like bullshit out of the way quickly, and then we can move on to the teams that matter, huh? How about that? And Notch said that. Not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> now represent the views of United fans as a whole. Right. Um, actually, before we start talking about that, um, just this morning, very early, uh, Nashville suffered a devastating tornado. People have died uh, because this tornado ripped through downtown Nashville. Um, tremendous damage mm-hmm. being reported. Still people missing. Yeah. And the, the Nashville 
supporters collective uh, called the backline is posting some organizations that they would like you to donate to um we recommend checking those out and making donations as you see fit um if you're in the nashville area very sorry to hear what happened our thoughts are with you um i'm gonna try my best to come over there in august and um yeah i believe in nashville y'all so good luck good luck with the recovery um but yeah let's let's start talking about this game which was i mean it's tremendous full stadium yo full stadium broke record for most well highest tennis had a soccer game in tennessee which i don't know what it was before that but they smashed it with the closest to 60,000 um big pre-game thing where they had judah and the lion not a real lion unfortunately very disappointed to kingston see that. they had kingston no 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 he is He's in uh, actually in Milan right now for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantined <laughs> with Corona. <laughs> but at least they're together. Uh, but the band's like was playing in front of the supporter section was pretty cool. And then they had like the opening riff, which uh, some guitarist I don't know who played the, for the kickoff. Really uh, digging into their Nashville as a music city. Um, the cool thing is, uh, so the goal call from the radio station was like put onto vinyl and given to the person who stored which is much better than just a cumbersome piece of wood they're 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 <laughs> gonna be honest although i hear if you put that wood on a uh, record player in portland it will play yeah it will play it'll go like but it will play you play it backwards i'll just fart the sounders they're gonna do this every game. They're gonna give the. I think it's like the player of the game player or something. Of the game, yeah, yeah. The, either the call of the game or something. But uh, obviously, the player of the game in this game was Walker Zimmerman, who marshaled the back line and scored their first ever goal in MLS, um, which was after Ezekiel Barco's goal, who is was named by the announcers. The young man with the old face, which dude, harsh. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, is come on, right. don't do that to him. Was was he the guy who like got involved in some sort of like weird love triangle early on? I yeah, can vaguely remember. Yeah, something he was Mr. Steel. He like was him and Brandon Vasquez. He was married. I don't think he is anymore. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, if he's but, the yeah, if you're gonna call him a name, though, due to his old face, not from the press box. Right, but, but <laughs> if he's if he's got this old face thing happening, what does that say about Brandon Vasquez? You know, oh, just, dude. Yeah, find someone does the same thing every single night. Like, what the hell happened? I think we're completely missing the point. Maybe it's a compliment in Nashville to be called a young man with an old face. It does sound like something from a country song. I feel like <laughs> so. It probably is the title of a famous right. country song. That's their new anthem: <laughs> "The yes. Young Man with the Old Face." It's so much better than "I'll Never Give Up on You," which they played after they lost this game, which is like, ah. Okay, I will say in that so horrible song's defense. Some people in Nashville, uh, uh, in the soccer community, genuinely saying that that song is inspiring them after today's event. So, oh, you know, good. it's kind of nice that they have something to reflect on positively in terms of the the so an anthem of sorts, a rally around the soccer community. So, yeah. I'm happy for that, man. I'm just saying, Rich Ashley got robbed. <laughs> uh, all right, let's keep. Oh no! Ah, damn it! Oh, Emerson Hyman started the game-winning goal. It was very. Good. It was very. It was a very nice goal. Um, Dos Martinez went off at the seventieth minute. Um, came back on, was immediately subbed back off. Not, well, subbed off for, for the rest of the game. Watched under his own power to the, to the locker room, and was announced. I think on Sunday, no, it was Monday morning that he had torn his ACL. Yeah, uh, and not just real torn up about it, and hasn't stopped crying since we told him. Hey. Not, I will say this is not the way any player wants to start the season. And I feel very bad for Joseph Martinez, the person to have to endure something like this. Full stop. Let's move on. Yeah, before you say anything else, <laughs> let's move on real quick. Talk about Vancouver Whitecaps versus Sporting Kansas City. Sasha, you were high on SKC. I was, and their their boy, uh, Alan Polito, opened it up for them in 17th minute. Yeah. Uh, Gotti Tinda with a hell of a goal with his left foot. Um, Daddy Kinda, yeah. Do I say that right? I, I think it's Kinda. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of right. I think I there have you go. Right, yeah. Character <laughs> 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 Hurtado, uh, Storden has returned to Vancouver, um, to store the third goal. But really, if Vancouver was any good at finish, any better at finishing, it would have been much closer. Even could have been a tie. Vancouver's defense still is pretty leaky. 
Uh, they're still pretty old and slow. I mean, the cell map usually under MZUC has two of their starters in the back line. Uh, the defense, the midfield wasn't very defensive. Um, Tinda looked like a walking red card for most of the match. He got a yellow card in the third minute. Mm-hmm. Um, their goal by uh, Jake Narinsky equalized it after Polito's opener, but really, if Vancouver, if Tavellini, I think uh, their Tavellini, uh, the Canadian international, they just signed. Um, hit the post once. They had some shots go real close. It, they they were breaking through the defense, just couldn't finish. So, ten city one, yes, but it wasn't pretty. The scoreline flatters them. Okay. Well, we'll see if Sasha is rolling him up in the joint and smoking him later <laughs> this season as it unrolls. I feel so. like next week I'm gonna be. It's like it's gonna unravel quick. Wait, is that legal now? <laughs> I didn't see that in the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can smoke the ballot. Ah, uh-huh, bro, I should have smoked the ballot. No. Oh, God. Yeah, that sounded a little too convincing. <laughs> Columbus versus NYCFC. The crew getting the 1-0 win. Literally when this game uh, started playing, I was like, what's Nashville doing on the pitch? Oh, that's old Nashville. <laughs> oh, old Nashville's like the worst thing to call them. I mean, their jerseys but, uh, look Are they exactly old Nashville the with a young yeah, face, they though? Do. Are they old Nashville with a young face? <laughs> with a young face. <laughs> and their young face, Lucas L. Ryan, got a man sent off and scored their only goal. Um, that uh, seems to know to come down the, what, third minute? Yeah, third and, minute. Uh, <laughs> earliest red card in MLS uh, season opener in history. Yeah, nice. So. <laughs> uh, it could have been a lot worse for MICFC if Sean Johnson hadn't stunned his head up for a few times, but it was always Tommy and Zell Ryan. With a nice turn in the bots and the gold top corner. Yeah, I should know, just wanted to rest more for CCL. There you go. <laughs> uh, Rebels went over to FC Cincinnati. And uh, you know how we were all like, oh, yeah, FC Cincinnati is going to get totally blown out. And Caleb was all like, yeah, but the Red Bulls ain't that great, though. Well, guess what? Turns <laughs> out a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, the young kids for New York Rebels are looking oh, good. Like yeah. Kyle Duncan had a great opener in the 16th minute. Uh, he also had the assist to Kaku, uh, yeah, in the uh, in the twenty seventh. So yeah, uh, the ceiling's a lot higher, I think, for or at least the floor is a lot higher for NY uh, for Red Bulls because their youngsters are playing, they're getting minutes and they're developing. They have one of the best uh, academies in all of MLS, and their best player or who should be the best player, Aaron Long, was injured and didn't play this game. So I think they're getting better from here. Cincinnati, that was a full-strength Cincinnati team that couldn't beat a mediocre Red Bulls team. Granted, they were at the Meadowlands, but or Red Bull Arena in New Jersey, but still, they really poor defense at the back for Cincinnati. Their new uh, player, Jurgen Lacardia, did get a, a goal. Yeah, he did. Um, beat the goalkeeper who, for Red Bulls who was wearing a hat. It was very bright out, and love to see a keeper in a hat. It's so dumb. I love making fun of them. It's like, uh, you can't see. Ha. I, I hat's said, dumb. I said this before uh, the pod, the, the though, but Oliver Kahn used to wear a hat. And it's really funny because there's one clip actually of another keeper like like charging him at some point and like holding his glove up to the point where it like touches Oliver Kahn's brim and he <clears> like <throat> literally grabs the hand. And like, it's it's a really intense. It's very intense stuff. Uh, let's talk about Seattle, who played Chicago. Uh, Sasha, your thoughts? Two one win for the Sounders. Uh, not as clean as I would have liked it. Uh, Chicago actually scored first. Uh, first I want to know that Ibarra did start this game out on the left. Uh, but uh, Robert Barrett scored like three times. He did. Yeah, he had a, he had a chance right from goal and he didn't put it away. Uh, Robert Barrett, the new guy for Chicago, scored at the start of the first half in the forty sixth minute. At this point, uh, jo- uh, Justin, yeah, Jordan Morris got subbed on and he was the big like. Uh, game. Uh, he was the big difference maker. Yeah. Uh, he uh got a, co- a goal called back, but then he uh scored in the sixty second minute, and then he also scored in the ninety third, giving them the two one win. So, I'm gonna ask a question that some of our listeners are asking. Tell me about Miguel Ibarra's seventy five minutes on the pitch. Because he started, and we're all hoping, man. He looked. Uh, he looked very ambitious, but also kind of like not calm. Like I mean, which oftentimes that's how he played for us. But it was like he was just he was trying to force the ball too much, and he like he would 
make small mistakes. But he, I don't know. I was really hoping he he'd score because he had those chances, and the fact that he missed them kind of makes me feel bad. Yeah, he has a chance. He, he do needs a goal. It's been almost a year now since he scored in MLS. Last time he scored was in San Jose last year. Um, he needs a confidence booster, and those th- seeing those three chances means he's in the right spot and right in the right places in the box. Just needs to finish. Yeah, well, he didn't have chances so. Let's hope uh, that uh, Mr. McGee gets more chances. Let's now move into a segment that we call Some Might Say. In this segment, we talk about Minnesota United's and find Minnesota United's, the multiple teams that we have <laughs> in Minnesota. And we find a few things we might want to say about them. Uh, Portland played Minnesota in uh, on Sunday. And Minnesota came out on top 3-1. Yay, what up, boys? Uh, very <laughs> unexpected. I you weren't expecting this? No, I was hoping for a draw. <laughs> We've never won in Portland. In Portland. We've never won in Portland before. And I believe our Sunday. season openers have always kind of been like up and down. We yeah. won in Vancouver last year. Yeah. But the year before that, we lost to San Jose. And the year before that, we lost to... We, that didn't happen. Uh, uh-huh. I just blacked out for a second. What happened? What are we talking about? Oh, Portland. Tim- that yeah, right. season was not, you know, that, I feel like that was a l- fever dream when I was taking some Lunesta the other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, if you weren't expecting it. Sasha, no. were you Were you thinking that this was the way things would go? I, uh, I, going into it, I was like, the first 12 minutes, we need to be on guard because, like, Portland will take it to us. And it did take us, like, 25 minutes to wake up. Right, uh, it was I, it was scary. Those it, first twenty five minutes were like we were getting pressed to shit. Yeah, and yeah. Tyler Miller had to come up, uh, you know, do his job several times because they got past their defense. Okay, <laughs> first of all, I I want to I want to single out the fact that everyone in the, in the preseason on Tyler Miller's previews they had like nothing interesting to say except they were like, you know, sometimes he prefers to come out a lot, and that could sometimes be a liability. Dude almost gives up a red card like <laughs> right away. <laughs> Not even a red card. It should have been a penalty though. Right. Definitely should have been a penalty. <laughs> the sixth minute. So, and yeah. It wasn't tolerable. <laughs> oh, close one there. But Probably yeah. the reason why Ike's penalty was called later on. Yeah. On a very I, light I do touch. think there was a light. It was. I think it was a penalty. But I, I could see that not being given if the first one had been given. But that's. it's all said and done. It was given. Um, first half, not very good for Minnesota. Kind of got into it later in the half. Once you start going to the middle through uh, Jan was really kind of a full term that we didn't use for the first 20 minutes or so. Um, second half, we started just, we could, we broke through the press and the counterattack and it worked fantastically. Uh, Molina with a goal. Uh, Amaria with uh, 4% of his goal tally. Yeah, great assist from Finley on that. He, he takes it up the side and crosses it over. Amaria's perfectly there. Yep. Like com- his uh, his defender completely lost him. He looks back. Amaria's already heading it in. So he has four percent to his twenty five goal goal tally, and he's set for himself like ambitiously. Like, aim a little lower, my guy. Uh, and then uh, Molino with third goal of the game and a second goal of the night. Uh, Finley with two assists on the night. And I'm stealing this uh, observation from Shane. I watched that at his place. Uh, uh, sometimes a death house tear. You might know him. Um, ACL tears are usually a two-year injury. You're out for one year. Next year, trying to figure out how to play on it again. And then next year, you're back at 100% finally. And I think we saw that with Ethan and Kevin, who are both on that timeline in their second year of the injury. Yeah. I, it, was, yeah. It, it, it felt wonderful to see those two goals going right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, see Bellino get a second. I think the only way that could have been topped is if he caught his third. But uh, yeah. uh, that was, uh, I, I'll be satisfied with what we saw. Um, the whole Chacon thing. 30 seconds, go. Um, it's fine. He's 19. Start, start him, have his first name starting to be at home. I know you brought him with. Maybe he didn't look great in training. I don't know what happened in training or whatever for the game. But it's the first game of a long season when the Leeds Cup as well, the US Open Cup. He's done it at game time. He's 19. He's on a four-year contract. It'll be, it'll be fine. I'll just say I was sad that he wasn't in the 18. I didn't get to see him play, but we got the result we wanted. Uh, a definitive win with like you know plus two goals on them, and we're top of the table. Yeah. And yes, we are. 
and that's a win against not just a team that has made playoffs in the past. It's a, another team in the West that we should be beating if we want to make playoffs. So it is a big deal that we got started the season this way. Yeah. We'll also mention that everybody's favorite uh, draft pick that got away, Jer- Ebo Jeremy Ibabasi, got a new contract from the Timbers. Oh. Shoot. Not good for him. Yeah, get paid, boy. Your, <laughs> your Twitter keeps me alive. Um, all right, with that, uh, any other last Minnesota United stuff? Uh, U15s and U17s are overseas right now playing in some European teams. They U15s beat Bayer Leverkusen's U15s. Yeah, take uh, that, three Bayer. To, three to two. Bet you to... needed some aspirin after that. Well, it's pretty cool. They beat a Bundesliga's youth team, which kind of neat. The 17s lost, but whatever. And they played some other team, Vitesse. Arnheim. Arnheim. So, yeah. Follow uh, Joe Detlef on um, Twitter. He's their academy manager, and he posts some pretty cool stuff, including actual lineup graphics, which uh, I will say the Minnesota United managed to make their lineup graphics worse this year by posting pictures in alphabetical order, I think it is. Uh, guys, please give us lineups. We <laughs> just want to see the formation. It, it's really easy, we promise. Come on, guys. Let's just get information. Right? Okay. All right. Um Gonna take a break right here. We'll return with more from the US and much more from around the world. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. If you've been hearing some uh, sweet coughing, some sweet sniffling, uh, this past episode and this one. That's a new soundtrack we've added to add some atmosphere, some asthma to this podcast. Uh, expect more of the same. Don't add us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more like we just had a little bit of a cold going around the pod. So, uh, Sasha, you're next. Yeah. Uh, this is, this segment brought to you by Vic's chest and vapor rub. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> and Lunesta. Okay. All right, let's go back into our segment, bad guys, and talk about more MLS games. DC United played Colorado to start MLS off this year at an Audi field that had gasp football lines. Gasp. End zones. Totally unwatchable, guys. Had to turn it off. No, it was unwatchable. It was the first half. <laughs> it was garbage. Yeah. Uh, second half, uh, Russell Canoos stores on the corner to give DC the lead. And then Crowder was marching back. Apparently, guys, are Colorado good? Okay, no, we're not doing that again. Okay. I think we okay, did that fine. for two whole years. <laughs> yeah, fine. We are not doing that again. It's on, it's, it's so further skirts. notice, Colorado are good. There we go. <laughs> that, that Perfect. That, I like that. See? That's great. But what if they lose perfectly? Do we ask it then? Yes. Okay. Okay. Maybe good. we should just panic every time for them. Be like, oh, no, they lost. And then we're really happy. With it. Oh, God, they're the best. You know, I don't know. I do that with Minnesota. I can't do that with two teams. <laughs> Come on. I'm just described being a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Are we color? Is this the Colorado podcast now? <laughs> you are wearing the red color hat. God damn it. It's <laughs> gophers. It's <laughs> gophers. <laughs> so, um, Colorado actually pulled out the two win. Yeah. One win. Kai Kamara and then Jonathan Lewis after, uh, I think, blocking Theodore Rubio's shot in the box. He just like a ball pinballs around the box and falls at him again and shoots it in. So, it just makes up for his mistake like a second later. Um, Wasn't that in like the 94th minute of a 93-minute game? 94th of 95. No, 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 no. It was no 91st of like 92. Oh, okay. It was almost yeah. time, actually. But it was like 91-30 when he scored in 92 minutes. So, yeah. Colorado just did the win in D.C. Uh, Julian Dressel made his debut, played in the middle, which didn't work out that well. And they're really missing uh, old Polly Blue Pats, R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, let me know in the comments if you like DC's red charts. Caleb does. I don't. Uh, Montreal played New England. Thierry Henry going up against Bruce Arena. I wanted to write this as a sketch uh, where Henry and Bruce meet and Bruce gets in Bud Light and, you know, Henry gets pissed. And then I remembered we already wrote that sketch in a slightly different way before. And I was yep. like... Talking about a young face versus an old man here. Exactly, right? <laughs> uh, Thierry Henry looks like... He just like walked out of the coolest like hip restaurant in Montreal and went, go to soccer game now. And then just walked out in the field like, oh, you guys need a coach? And just like rolled up his sleeves, his, like sleeves underneath his sleeves of his Adidas sweatshirt. He's just like, yeah, we got this. So he's been having the success in the Champions League. And I was like, haha, just wait till he comes up against good old Bruce. Bruce has got his number. You know what I'm saying? Man knows how to coach a team. 
in this country and of course they were playing in the other country and that was, won. That was his first mistake exactly. taking his team outside of the u.s doesn't <laughs> don't do well outside of the u.s <laughs> <laughs> but first of all i was kind of impressed looking at the crowd shots in the olympic stadium in montreal and they won yeah holy shit after going down again second game in a row where the team that scored first didn't win um so don't score first unless you're minnesota and do because we won um <laughs> Uh, Teal Bunbury scored, then Romo Kyoto answered, but then the goal of the game was Matteo Rudy's like moonshot that made Matt Turner go like, ah, "I'm not even gonna try." No, I'm not even gonna try. I was watching it and I couldn't even tell it had gone in because Matt Turner like, didn't react; he just ran backwards, went to the side of the goal, grabbed his water bottle. Like, is that a goal kick? Why is everyone cheering? It's just a goal kick. Oh, it went in. Cool. That was awesome. It almost seems kind of like a fluke because. Uh, when I saw Rudy was like was on the scoreboard, I'm like, that's not a player I hear often. Last time I heard his name was when he played for the, the Timbers. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> yeah, he's a striker that's like, oh yeah, he just scored lots of goals. I was like, yeah, he did. You know, double, double, double digits this year. It's like, oh, he had six. So he's Here. Angelo Rodriguez, but ha- better PR. But better. <laughs> 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 he does shit like that where he moonshots it over the goalkeeper. Big signing for Montreal though after this two one win. Yeah. Um, pretty sure DP signing. Uh, Victor Wanyama, uh, number six defensive midfielder from Tottenham, hasn't played in a long time. Uh, Kenyan international. Um, big signing from Southampton to Tottenham a few years ago, hasn't played in a while. Some injuries a couple years ago, but a big signing for them. And sound like from the quotes that he gave, it was all down to just playing for Thierry Henry. That star power really made a difference for Montreal already. It's a and shame he couldn't have been here for this game because then there would have been that other Tottenham player, a certain Jar Jar Banks playing for New England. Wasn't he a former Tottenham player? No, he played for Nabu. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Nabu Wednesday and he was on Montreal. Again, the star power for Terry Henry is just working magic. Houston Dynamo played the LA Galaxy and it won one. Uh, speaking of magic, that's Christian Pavone do I, am I right? Holy Damn. crap. That's probably going to be goal of the week. I, I mean, there was a, a lot of bangers this week. It's hard to like say which is the best, but that one was very good. Can I go back in time to last episode and be like, MVP Christian Pavone? Because like, <laughs> it was so obvious after I listened to it and watched it. I don't like, oh, shit. Wait, I'm not Rodolfo Pizarro. Matthew Morales? I'm an idiot. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty damn incredible. Um, Chicharito didn't have the best game without a Saint, but he's been there for, what, three weeks? It's fine. But I'm sure some there's some Galaxy fans already freaking out. Um, also, I love the Univision announcers going, Is it Chicharito's first goal? Is Chicharito's first goal? No, it's not. But yeah, just Sebastian Lutz just shot that, shot that, shot that was saved. Like, it wouldn't have been his goal anyway. That boy, it's always him. He scored. Uh, Mauro Manotas. Yeah. Managing to get the equalizer. Yeah, Houston, after Pavone's goal, Houston took control of the game. Uh, they mentioned a well-deserved goal, and it was really helped out by David Bingham moving out of the way of the goal of the shot. He does that. Because he's not good. He's not a goalkeeper. I've been saying this for multiple years now, and people feel so like, nah, you should start. It's like, no, you shouldn't. Great haircut, bad keeping. Oh, uh, bad both. Hey. <laughs> they're, uh, they're the DC red shorts of hair. <laughs> 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 you don't like him. Uh, should mention that Houston unveiled a huge mural point painted by a local artist uh, with both players from the Dash and players from the Dynamo. Uh, the two Dynamo players featured are Darwin Quintero and Christian Ramirez. Wait, Quintero are... not in the 18 for this game. Ramirez on the bench. We did get subbed on. Like I don't like he didn't have any chance to really touch the ball. So uh, maybe this, the mural guy should be touching tab. <laughs> RC. Uh, Josta. Yeah. San Jose and the Earthquakes <laughs> played Toronto FC. And uh, Josie got pulled down in the box. Yeah. Penalty. Possibly a little converted. It's really hard to pull down Josie in the box. He's a unit of a man. <laughs> so that guy's really strong. Or he had help. Uh, <laughs> 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 Richie Lavaria doubled the lead in the second half. But then San Jose's like, oh, yeah, we're playing soccer. We should play some more soccer. I cannot believe that they came back from 2-0 down. Like, I, I literally had to, like, check this after I saw it happen and be like, what? San Jose was down? Is Almeida, yeah. like, coaching them well? 
Like, is, is he, has he got the team shaped up? Uh, it's the first game of the year. I have no idea. It took some some magic, too. Andy Rios with a goal, which was, you know, pretty well worked. But then, Oswaldo well. Alanis, NBD. You ought to know, <laughs> all right? Into the back of the net on a free kick from a tight angle. Beautiful. In the 95th minute of this game. Like, holy shit. I mean, when when we saw this earlier, I, I told you guys, can someone tell Amaria to do something like this? Because I need Minnesota to have the, like, birth rate boom. I can't be responsible for what I do after I see that goal from right, a Minnesota seriously. player. I can't be responsible. I, I, I'm just coming straight home after that. Like, it's <laughs> like, they will ne- I'm never going to watch soccer again. Nothing will stop that ever again. Just in a dark room for the rest of your life, I, I can't. Right. It doesn't any better than that. I, I honestly, <laughs> San Jose fans do not go to any more games. Anything you don't else need to. You saw everything. <laughs> you saw the right. best play. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I mean, oh. if, if you thought Toronto was silenced after the MLS Cup final, like this, this definitely shut them up again. Two-two, yeah. <laughs> two-two, the final score. Uh, hey, FC Dallas took on Philadelphia. They beat them two-nil. Undersec scoring yet another banger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good shot. Andre Blake had no chance in that one. One they did have a chance on though was Patson Pomatol's mazy run. Where you use like two players as screens, two FC Dallas players as like, screens for the goalie. But I think Andre Blake could have got that shot. He's been off for a while now. Yeah, it's it's very odd considering where he was right before. Uh, he might have been uh, blinded by Patson Pomphal's bitch and mustache. And that is the only adjective that is allowed to describe that mustache. It's bitchin'. I, I need to Google this now. You were talking about this earlier, and I didn't actually look it out, <laughs> up. Mostly because his name is so hard to type. This is such a great uh, like mustache-hair combination because he, oh, he has hair God. like... He looks like a young Fernando Torres, oh. and he dribbles around like four Philadelphia players. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. He looks like a beach bump from the 70s. I love it. I mean, uh, you know, you look at him like grimly staring at you from his like profile picture. He looks very angry, so I guess he had to try to do something to like screw that up a bit. But oh man, yuck! Uh, well, anyway, good for him. Maybe he'll intimidate all the other players with that mustache. Good for him. Uh, that's Orlando City tied RSL. They no no one scored. Nothing happened. There's actually rumors that a soccer game didn't even take place. So it's most of our last game of the, of the week. LAFC versus. The Flamingos of, in, of, in, of Fort Lauderdale? Uh, it's a heron. Yeah, make a better heron. <laughs> my mother-in-law's like, oh, you see the new Flamingo team? I'm like, Madison? No, the one in Miami. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Chipped goal by... Uh, who else with Carlos Vela? Chipped uh, Luis Robles like he didn't have a family to go home to. <laughs> I mean, pro- I mean, who knows if he's moved with his family? His family might still be in New I'd, York. For and... his sake, I hope his family is there and they stayed with him after that. That was brutal. Can't imagine going to an empty house after that. She's like, "Hello, dark room, <gasps> our friend." Yeah, yeah. Dar- Do you remember David Moyes' dark room from our podcast of yore? Yes. Yeah, Luis Robles went into it. Now it's Luis Robles. I wonder if his red wine in there is room temperature or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no response from Inter Miami. Zero goals in their first game. Gordon yeah. Ramsay, who was at this game, disappointed apparently. Yeah, I'm just guessing that. Yeah. I, I mean Pizarro and uh, Pellegrino. I always, I always think like San Pellegrino, but yeah, they both had a couple opportunities, but they really they didn't deliver. They're a defense. Uh, Fidal and got really chippy near the end, and Fidal was one of the players who was just kind of shoving people around. And like, if a David Beckham team came into this league and they all were just like. The American Millwall. Like, how surprised would we all be just like, oh, they're just brutes? All right, cool. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that from David Beckham, but I guess this is what's going on. There's Robbie Robinson didn't show much up top. He's a rookie. Uh, it's first overall draft pick from the awkward FaceTime angle. Um, didn't really show much in offense. Lee Wynn came on late. Didn't really show much, but shoved a few players around. Again, kind of like shithousery from the Fort Lauderdale Flamingos. Um I'd be, I think it'd be hilarious if they're just like, now we're just gonna <laughs> push you around the entire time and be, lead the lead in uh, yellow cards and red cards. Uh, we're David Beckham's team. Yeah, yeah. He funded this. He funded this. It's like, oh huh, god. Weird. Hey, also, uh, apparently, Liv Tyler is part of his entourage now. Or like, really? Yeah, she was up in the press box. Like, really? Interesting. Like, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. She's here. Isn't she like immortal or something? That was in the movie. Okay. It's called fiction, Notch. Oh. God. <laughs> uh, Not hey. Real. We are running long, so let's just talk about um, She Believes Cup. 
get fixtures real quick right now without going into different segments. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team uh, start the She Blues Cup against England this Thursday. Um, then they will play Spain on Sunday. And then Japan, right after our next podcast is recorded. So we'll have some updates for those games for you next week. They play Japan on Wednesday. All right. Here, let's move into a segment that we call The Ludicrous Display. Hooray! He's kicked the ball. <laughs> now the ball's over there. The thing about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in, and in this segment, we talk about the latest from the United Kingdom. What up? It's fine. Everything is fine. I mean, good timing for them. Like, the opening week for MLS is the best time for uh, to record your first loss. If you're yeah, over- exactly. The first loss. I have to point out to all the Manchester United fans and Arsenal fans and Everton fans, like, trying to give us shit, like, where are you guys on the table, huh? I can't see you from how high we are up we are. We're starting to win the lead. Everything's fine. So this, this, this is a good thing in the long run. It'll free focus up, us up for the lead. A loss here means we can don't have to worry about the invincible season. We can just focus on each game as it comes, not worry about the next one, and just go full hog all out on the, on the rest of the table. Liverpool in crisis. Klopp's fine. job in distress. Everything is fine. I'm not. I'm not. Angry. I'm not mad. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let, not. Let, me, let me let me talk about something real wholesome, real quick. Uh, there's a video going around of uh, Ben Foster, goalkeeper from Watford, showing a uh, young woman in a wheelchair uh, as his mascot for the game. Uh, this is mascot as in. Uh, the the kids who accompany players onto the pitch, not mascot as in Kingston, the scary lion. <laughs> but uh, this is a very heartwarming video of Ben Foster basically taking this, visiting this gal's home and back in December and saying, hey, you want to be a mascot? Now they got to make it happen. And then they, they, this camera follows her trip to Watford with her brother and her dad. And it is so heartwarming to see everything that happens and the excitement on this kid's face and the genuine joy and love with which Ben Foster uh, does what he does as in this video as well. It's just fun. And it just put a huge smile on my face. Uh, the final scene of the video has her getting handshakes from the entire Liverpool team after like everything else that has happened to her through the day. And I was just like, man, you know, we're talking about like just you, you, you your life has peaked. Like, if, if that was, like, my day, I'd be like, okay, my life has peaked. It's time to just go sit in the dark. There's nothing else. Hey, Luis, you got another bottle of wine in there for me? All right. <laughs> oh, man. So go go seek this video out. Ben Foster has, um, through that and through some of the other things that I've heard uh, he does for the Cure Leukemia Foundation, become yeah. now one of my favorite athletes in the world. He's so. awesome. Uh, he uh, traded jerseys with Allison Becker, Liverpool's goalkeeper. He's now auctioning that jersey off for Cure Leukemia. Yeah. on his Twitter page. You can follow him at Ben Foster. Um, I will watch the video once we're math- mathematically, you know, champions. Okay. And I won't be sad anymore. All so right. I'm, it's fine. We're, we're fine. Right. Okay. We'll be, well, I'll be fine. Few quick fixtures. Wolves beat Tottenham 3-2. Uh-oh. Bournemouth beat Chelsea 2-2. Two, two. Teams, teams were not fine. Right. West <laughs> Ham United Tottenham. beat uh, Southampton 3-1. Uh-oh. And Everton tied Manchester United 1-1. Uh oh, for who? Carly Carlo Ancelotti, who got sent off after the game for arguing with refs. Yeah, uh, it was not. It was offsides. the The goal, there was a goal late for Everton that was called back for through VAR for offsides. Uh, Calvert Lewin shot the ball. Guilfi Sigurdsson, who was sitting on the ground after being fouled, wasn't called, but he was fouled. Moved his legs back right at the last moment, and the ball went to the back of the net. So. He was in an offside position, sitting on the ground, affected the line of sight for David De Gea. It was offsides. Yeah. Sorry, Carlo. In the Carabao Cup final, City smashed the fairy tale story of Aston Villa 2 1. Uh oh. Um, should also mention uh, at this point uh, a story from uh, elsewhere in the United Kingdom where in, in the Scottish Women's League, St. Mirren captain Jane O'Toole. Uh, was playing against Inverness Caledonian Thistle in, in the Scottish Women's Championship. And uh, while, while playing, she was knocked to the floor in a uh, 50-50 oh, challenge. And her... Is, oh. Wait, 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 wait. Her kneecap yep. comes out of position. Mm-hmm. And basically what she does is, you know, 
takes her fist and starts thumping her knee and pushes her kneecap back into place, gets up, keeps playing, and... Uh, she doesn't push it. She hits it yeah, back into whacks. place. She thwaps that knee into place. And makes you think that wasn't the first time that it happened. And she's like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. And just bam. Boom. Like, oh, yeah. It is shocking to watch. And well, and it is, from what I understand, doing something like that is extremely painful. So the next time someone's like, soccer stuff, blah, 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 show her uh, the Jane O'Toole video, okay? Because, uh, yeah, this is, it kind of shows you what kind of athletes Show them the video the and then dissociate their knee. <laughs> Be like, okay, now you do it, asshole. You did it so hard. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, damn, I was yeah. freaking impressed by that. But also, you know, if you need medical attention, get it. I don't know, I don't want to be like all like, oh, yeah, just keep playing with the, you know, whatever. You know, just do what's right for you, bro. Like, you know. Well, what was right for her was to hit her knee back in the joints. Right, exactly. Which, and, more power to you, Jane. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I, I, I fear sometimes, and there's been a conversation, soccer about this, about coaches sending injured players back onto the pitch and all this stuff. And I, you know, I felt... I felt like I had to give a disclaimer there. You know, like how in BBC podcasts, anytime a product is mentioned, they're like, other uh, sleep drugs are also available or whatever. Uh, that was my other a- attitude towards injury are also available. So, so there you go. All right, let's move on. Uh, talk about Wrestle World Soccer in a segment that we call. They don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do, though. Only really one name of note here. And that's the El, Clas- El Clasico. You didn't let me do my, like, caption to the segment I'm sorry I thought we were in a rush we are alright keep going okay. fine <laughs> fine do it next time okay. I've been doing the same one for four years so maybe people remember it now yeah, they know by now. Uh, Real Madrid 2 Barcelona nil. Barcelona in crisis possibly right. um, Vinicius Jr. and Mariano Diaz with the goals for Real Madrid in five games five all Real Madrid Barcelona in five all Tascos since Ronaldo has left Real Madrid. Messi has zero goals and zero assists. I just want to... That's, that's an interesting stat, I think. Any thoughts? Anybody? Not you even listening? <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's my thoughts on this, which is that I have been tired of El Clasico and Real versus Barca for years. And I am finally glad that both of these teams are having some actual real struggles and both at yeah. the same time so that people pay attention to other things. And so it was kind of an unwelcome surprise to have this game come up and be like, everyone's talking about it like it matters a whole hell of a lot. Like, I guess it probably I mean, there's, does. There's still one and two in La Liga. Um, right. But kind of some other storylines in there, uh, Sevilla and Getafe are running out the top four. So that's those two teams are exciting. Real Sociedad is real close up there too. Atletico Madrid has fallen off immensely. So there's some other teams in the mix for championship spots that are more exciting. Right. Then Real Madrid, Barcelona, and I think the way Barcelona's spending has been, once Messi goes, they're going to be in a whole hell of a lot of trouble in the lead as well. Well, and, and, and these are two teams where an inability to win the Champions League is seen as a, a sign of failure, right? Mm, yeah. And they are now both at very real risk of not making it past their next Champions League yeah. fixture. Yeah, uh, against Man City and Napoli, uh, both have had great results against Real Madrid and Barcelona, respectively. Right. So I'm personally quite happy about that. And I... Uh, anyway, I don't want to uh, go back into our like commercialization No, but it's, I, I would agree I see a changing of the guard. Like, right. we're... St- Kind of see it now in England with Liverpool finally being back up there after 30 years. Well, and we saw it with Leicester winning. And if it'd be great if other leads were closer, like if PSG didn't run with the lead every single year and then fail in the Champions League. It'd be great if Bayern didn't roar back from every single poor start they had this season. It'd be nice if Ajax and PSV Eindhoven weren't consistently the first two teams in the Eredivisie. A little more parity in the top leagues would be nice. As I said, as my team is like 20 points above everyone else in the Premier League. But I'm just saying that this allows us to focus on the one true Champions League rivalry, which is Jose Marino's team versus whoever he's playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. I'm at Olsen 716 on Twitter. Also, thanks to uh, 
Tectonics released the song Lustless as our theme music. You can find them on Bandcamp and Facebook for any other concerts that are local. You can find me at Pickup Lion. That's L-I-O-N. You can find me at Lockstock Spock. You can find this podcast at TWO United Fans on Twitter and on fine podcast providers everywhere. Recommend us to your friends. We like having new listeners. And of course, feel free to tweet us your comments and feedback. We shall return with another episode of We Call It Soccer in seven days' time. Take it easy, everyone. Don't leave me listless, it's not a game